Diane. It's 7.53 p.m. The weather in New York City. It's 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees Celsius. That is a sufficient forecast for today. Hello and welcome to Twin Peaks Peaks. My name is Ashley Brandt. My name is Matthew Olson. Hello, listeners. And we are coming back after a little hiatus. Um, just existing in the world for the past two, three weeks, two weeks. I mean, at the outset, when we decided to um, <laughs> surprise people still subscribe to this feed, I don't think we had any, uh, I don't think we made any claims about, hey, we're going to be out on this set schedule. But uh, we did take a little break um, given current events. Uh, it didn't seem like the time to be putting out, you know, podcasts about what <laughs> what some old white filmmaker is doing on YouTube these days. Um, so we wanted to lead off with an acknowledgement of that and say, hey, if you can, please donate to your local bail funds. If you can get out there and do it safely uh, for your own personal health and for the cause, you know, go to your local protests uh, affirm that Black Lives Matter and that this country uh, that Ashley and I live in, I know we have some international listeners, I've seen the, the simple cast charts. Uh, though also, there are probably protests where you live too, uh, if you're not. Yeah, the there US. are protests in all 50 states, or there have been. So yeah, this is this is something that I've noticed as someone who writes words online for a living is that some people will be like they're nationwide protests, and it's like you can point to dozens of examples across the globe of protests that are uh, also calling out police brutality and calling for uh, not reform but to defund or abolish these you know institutions that don't actually serve the people the way that they claim to. So we wholeheartedly support that and maybe better than some words written on a piece of uh white paper behind david lynch's chair for one day i hope um (laughs) but still sort of you know this is a gesture from a fakey fake podcast yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) we should talk we should we should i guess talk about this since we're here to talk about the weather um there was the day the blackout tuesday uh, which was oh maybe going to be the day we were going to record this, uh, where David uploaded a weather report that was just an empty chair. And boy, reading the YouTube comments from people who did not seem to get what that gesture meant was painful. <laughs> did you did you see that at all, Ashley? No, I don't read the comments on YouTube videos. <laughs> would Would you make an exception not for not for that video, but would you make an exception for a David Lynch? uh work yes or no yeah okay here's the thing i do not recommend it though i think it is beholden to the exact same rules and here's why people on that video were like finally something is happening as though david's weather reports an established bit from over a decade ago was suddenly gonna turn into like something that we don't already know they are the gesture was pretty clear i felt Uh, And then the next day he followed it up with a sign behind him that read Black Lives Matter, peace, justice, no fear. Uh, And then beyond that, it's been mostly back to normal. Um, But man, like, no, don't read the comments. No. Yikes. What's 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 the worst like 
since this is a Twin Peaks show, like imagine Twin Peaks was uploaded to YouTube every week in the 90s. Like what's the worst comment you can imagine seeing under an episode of Twin Peaks? I I mean like I'm a woman on the internet, so I, Maybe you can't say it out loud, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, I can imagine what people would say about Audrey, probably, um, and Josie, definitely, um, and Laura, probably, um, and the way that that show deals with sexual violence, I think, um, is not uh, something to deconstruct in the YouTube comments on a weekly basis, especially. Yeah. Also, apologies if you can hear what sounds like James revving his motorcycle outside. <laughs> um, remember how we went through the the Usenet? Yeah, right? yes, the yes, Usenet we did. comments. We did. And like, for as wild and misguided as some of those theories were, like, man, at least there was like a a a baseline. You know, maybe maybe those comments were moderated. I don't know, but it didn't seem like people were as shitty. Uh, or as freely shitty on the internet back then. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was a pretty self-selective group at the time. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, don't read the comments on David's uh, YouTube uploads, which, it should be said, and we will cover, have also uh, gotten a lot more um, varied since we last recorded one of these. Uh, we had talked about Posar in the previous episode, but uh, David has busted out some other classics and has started updating us on what he's been building in his workshop, which is uh, quite interesting and the most like a vlog of anything else he's ever done. <laughs> Ashley, have you watched any of the What's David Working On Today videos? I have not, but it sounds like maybe that could be my ASMR. Well, it is It is still David Lynch, so I, I, do, I do question <laughs> if that voice is like giving you the tingles or not. Um, well... Would you like me to recap what he's been working on? Please tell me. Um, First video, he's talking about working on a wooden sink that he has mounted in his shop. Uh, I guess it was a little leaky or something, or maybe a little off kilter, wasn't draining right. Uh, So he took that down and was shaping it up. Wooden sink, pretty, pretty normal, right? Yes. Okay. Next episode, he's mounted the sink also demonstrates the swing-out urinal that is underneath the sink. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you, need, do you need more details there? No. Well, I'm sorry, I have more details. <laughs> One, he, he does a whole bit where he says in, in the UK they call it a urinal, which I'm not... Is, is that... Do we know if that's accurate or not? I, I would not be the person to ask about that. David is a busy man, and I guess he does not want to walk all the way to the bathroom in his house. (laughs) I'm leaving in that exasperated side. Um, The next thing he featured is called a checking stick. Uh, Ashley, tell me what you think a checking stick is used for. I'm picturing like one of those little wands that you use to like check the oil in a car. The checking stick is this, this sort of wand with a ball at the end attached to a rod of metal, attached to a longer rod of wood, which is then attached to a spool of cotton string, which is then attached to a kind of puck that he can put on his forehead or over his heart that he then kind of just points at artwork with artwork that he's working on, in this case, a a large painting, and then just kind of feels out 
what what needs to happen. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. It's a checking stick. Yeah, you know, a checking. We've all, we've all, we, the, the, the concept is immediately clear. Um, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but like, I've always had a hard time believing that, that David is so fully out there that it's, it's, that he's sort of actually hard to decode or that he doesn't actually know that there's some kind of performance to the way he creates and the way he puts himself out there. Like, I think he kind of knows that he's inhabiting a certain... There's absolutely a performativity to it. He's fully aware of that. He plays into that. And I, th- and I think that that checking stick video is a perfect example because if you watch it, he describes this, like, arcane instrument. And at a certain point, he kind of, like, you know, it kind of seems like he's sort of letting you in on that he's aware that you don't need a stick like this in order to do art the way he does it. But it's a practice that he finds helpful or calming or that kind of like focuses him up. I, I mean, I can see that. Like if it's part of like the ritual and it, I don't know, like maybe helps you think about the thing you're working on in a different way. I think that could be useful. Yeah. I don't mean to belittle it. I don't mean to like say like, this is definitely the way he works. I've cracked, I've cracked the code or something, but like I could, I could see, you know, or I, I've adopted similar sort of like little personal rituals that might be imbued with more meaning than I actually, you know, yeah, earnestly believe, but I do it anyway because it helps me do what I'm there to do. Yes. Um, the last thing, which just seems like a complete maybe uh, overkill moment uh, is he built a little a little box for the microphone that he uses to record the weather reports? Oh, uh, and the box is there so that it won't <laughs> it won't get dusty, uh, and so that it won't be exposed to sunlight between takes and thus age from the sunlight. And I'm like, that is a that is a next level concern. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that 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 that. That man has enough money to buy as many microphones as his heart desires. Ashley, what is your care routine for your microphone? Because I'm watching you use a condenser microphone held up to your face right now. No no stand. Okay. First of all, I have packed up my stand. But I was <laughs> holding it like this before I did that. Um, I mean, you know. I'm still recording into an iPhone. <laughs> that's true. Um yeah, you know, she's she's been in the drawer for a couple years. Uh, <laughs> in this move, she was recently on the floor in a pile of my stuff. So that's where I'm at. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, my microphone is currently in a box of uh, other AV equipment, which might as well just be labeled like Matt's former hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Like stuff I bought to record music when I was 19, nearly a decade ago, things like uh, that. Yes. But I like I liked this this quote from the checking stick video, which is just offhand, David says, wood is such a blessing for humanity. Uh, and it just... That's fantastic. If you had to, <laughs> you had to pick one thing to sum up David Lynch on wood, the material... You know, you couldn't you couldn't fake something better than that if you were Jesus, trying. Yeah. We've also got some some more short films up. Uh, which of these have you had the opportunity to either take in now or or have seen before? 
Um, I've had the opportunity to look at rabbits a bit, but otherwise I have been very busy with work. Yeah, let's let's talk about rabbits a little bit. So rabbits is something that I've seen not in its entirety, I believe, um, which tells you exactly what level of David Lynch fan uh, I'm at. Rabbits was an eight-part web series, I believe, uh, that was uploaded in the mid-2000s uh, to davidlynch.com. And it stars Scott Coffey, Laura Herring, and Naomi Watts. Iconic. Of- of Mulholland Drive, and uh, also standing in, I believe, for Laura in one episode, Rebecca Del Rio, uh, who's also featured in Mulholland Drive. Also, Rebecca, of course, makes another appearance in Twin Peaks The Return uh, for one of the musical performances. And Scott Coffey is actually most recognizable to me as Trick, the uh, one, one of the like Twin Peaks side characters who pops up in the roadhouse during those uh, return sequences where it's like oh, random people showing up. He's the one who's like, I almost got ran off the road. But mm-hmm. he's also characters in, I think, Inland Empire, Mulholland Drive, and Lost Highway. Um, and he's done other film, uh, other acting and directing work. But um, yeah, he's uh, he's like a David Lynch bit player who is only now like dawning on me, like has been in more than one thing. Yeah. Um, so Rabbits is now... Two, two out of seven or eight parts are up on YouTube, and it, I guess that they'll, you know, keep uploading it over the next few weeks, hopefully, because it's kind of hard to actually see it all in one place. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was released in the Lion Green set, but it was edited down uh, and was missing, I believe, one of the episodes, uh, and then condensed into sort of like a 40-something minute, uh, like, feature type thing. Uh, but bits of it were included in Inland Empire, which you still have not seen. No, I have not seen. I, I started watching Inland Empire when I was like 17 at boarding school and I was watching it and I think I got to the rabbits um, or I got to Grace Zabriskie screaming into the camera and I was like, hmm, this is not a movie to watch alone. i was gonna actually i'm glad you brought that up actually because i was gonna say if during quarantine we were to have a say a a live stream watch party of something (laughs) you're you're making a face here because inland empire is three hours and who would subject themselves to that but uh i think i think it would have to be that because i can't (laughs) i can't imagine a film better suited to the medium given that it was recorded yeah. at like 640 by 480 yeah <laughs> it's like it's very real low dv quality so you're not really losing it if you're streaming it out over like a zoom call you know yeah i recently told my friend that we should watch a hidden life which was the new terrence malick movie that came out in like december and disney buried it in the fox acquisition um it's really fantastic it's really beautiful and it's really relevant blah 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 um and my friend was like oh should we watch it over cast this week which is where we like live stream stuff together and i was like it's a three-hour movie about world war ii that doesn't have a lot of linear plot movement actually it, it really does for a terrence malick film but i was like we we can't do <laughs> that's that that's not saying Wait. much <laughs> i was like we, we, we can't do this <laughs> okay then what's your what's your ideal like uh also fuck zoom uh zoom's bad um 
what's your ideal cast or like discord movie then what's the level of engagement you want to peek at in terms oh of like God. sophistication i did do mulholland drive um on cast that's see that's a lot i feel like you can do inland empire then i, I could probably do inland empire i think you need i think there, but i think you need to like start inland empire with coffee maybe take like a xanax halfway through it <laughs> <laughs> and then probably some third unspecified thing towards the towards the the final act. Yeah, we've um, also done um, the lighthouse, which was really fun, and oh yeah. Pacific Wonderful Rim, film. which was really fun, and Magic Mike XXL, uh, which is really fun. Yeah, that's that's a that's a stream together movie for sure. Yeah, God. Um, <laughs> Cats. I had to see Cats again. <laughs> Maybe we should save some of this for our what we've been watching yeah. segment. But um, um, yeah, Inland rabbits, Empire, rabbits, I think. <laughs> uh, Inland Empire, rabbits, right. Um, it is incredibly disconcerting. Even more disconcerting when you consider that the way this was filmed is that David built the set for rabbits on his, like, LA property I think it was in his like garden or backyard so it's this freestanding like eerie interior sitcom set uh they're filming at night so that he can control the lighting and then presumably even though the audio was probably garbage Naomi Watts wearing a rabbit head (laughs) goes out there stands out there for like seven or eight minutes and is singing and reciting this weird dialogue to basically like imagine being david lynch's neighbor while this is happening that's imagine a, being david's la- mm. neighbor period <laughs> like do you point. do you like leave him a note and say like hey i i know who you are and that you're doing cool things but like can you ask Naomi to keep it, or can can you? She even be heard from within is, the weird yeah, rabbit I, helmet. I, think, like, I, I guess, yeah. I feel like you're thinking like New York City apartment mindset, and like this is right. this is I'm sure the Hollywood Hills. Actually, yeah. Is David Lynch making a short film in his backyard even the weirdest thing you might hear at night in LA? I, can you even hear if the houses are that far apart? Is what I'm saying. Can you imagine True, yeah. having space? I certainly can't. Uh, absolutely not. No space. Space enough to build a sitcom set? Uh, no, no. Absurd. Couldn't be me. Absurd. Um, if if all we're getting out of this is like a couple months of weather reports, and then Dave is like, "Yeah, I put my short films." on youtube for posterity like i guess that's a good thing but yeah i was hoping for maybe something a little bit more new or surprising i don't know if that's too big of an ask i don't know if look it's quarant- i'm asking it's, for it's, more than urinals <laughs> it's quarantine this has been on the back burner i'm sure for years so he's getting it out of the way another another film he uploaded which i'm not sure exactly uh when this was created it was the story of a small bug which uh, I definitely recommend if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it yet. It starts off like a weird mundane vlog and then uh, just becomes a David Lynch short film. I don't know. It's You're it's selling very, me on this. Well, how do you feel about things that wriggle and crawl? Like I don't feel grubs. Oh, I don't feel bad about that, no. Oh, okay, good. So there's like a caterpillar 
and David's telling you about, I think it's a caterpillar. He's telling you about this futile journey. It's trying to make up this like dirt wall. Oh, I think, hell yeah. House. And then like cut to close up of it trying to do this and then it falls and then smash cut to, and I'm, I, you think David's going to tell you about a bug and then no, David shows you how he feels about this bug. Um, Interesting. It's very good. Uh, I think that about covers everything. There was a weird, he did do a weird weather report on D-Day where he talked about a dream he had where he was a 16-year-old fighting for the German army who was then shot at Normandy. That was kind of weird. It was David Lynch's Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't know why I thought to share that, but um, I guess we'll let that that one uh, just sit there. Any anything else uh, leaping out at you from the the uploads? No, I need to catch up, and I will catch up, um, especially with rabbits coming because I love spooky shit, and we're losing all of our horror releases for twenty twenty. And David is filling that void with just some some old flash drives. You've That's got what I need lying around. Yeah, please take the spotlight. Tell us what you've been watching what i've been watching in quarantine um so actually i haven't watched this recently but looking at rabbits reminded me of this um and how much i like it uh superstar the karen carpenter story which was todd haynes's first ever film and it is a biography of um karen carpenter leading up to her death uh but it's all done with barbies Hmm. Yes, it visually it reminds me a lot of rabbits because of the kind of like boxy set shape. Um, it's really good. It's really disturbing. Um, it's also very hard to find. So it has that in common. If you like rabbits, Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story, um, it is out there on the internet somewhere. Uh, and I recommend watching it. I also watched Shirley. Um, have you watched Shirley? Do you know about I, I I know what Shirley is, but I have not watched it. And I only know it like the most surface level. So for my sake and the listeners. Yes. Shirley is a movie starring Elizabeth Moss as kind of a fictionalized version of Shirley Jackson, who wrote The Haunting of Hill House. She was like an, a, a ridiculously prolific horror writer. Um, and it's about her marriage and it's about gender and it's about, uh, it's kind of not, not, it's kind of spooky. It's kind of thrillery. Anyway, um, I highly recommend when you say, it. When you say like fictionalized, do they do the kind of thing where they suggest that like a writer's subject matter, like bled into their life in a weird way or is it more just like stylistically they kind of use trappings of like horror or suspense to tell a version of her real life neither and this will make Mm. sense when i tell you that the director is josephine decker who directed madeline's madeline okay I'm watching this fucking movie. It's that on I Hulu. Did not know. Yeah. Okay. Holy I shit. didn't. I didn't realize this either, because um, I knew that there was an Elizabeth Moss's Shirley Jackson movie coming out, and several people watched it on Hulu and were like, "Oh my god, you have to watch this!" And I was like, "Yes, I know this is my shit. Like, I will watch it." Uh, 
and I'm sure I will love it. And then I looked and I was like, oh, no one mentioned that this was Josephine Decker's new movie starring Elizabeth Moss and Michael Stuhlbarg? Like... And Mike, I didn't know Michael. Okay, all right. Yeah. This is this just shot up to the Logan the, Lerman, the isn't it? Weirdly, <laughs> fuck. Okay, because uh, yeah, we saw Madeline's Madeline uh, I- at the Quad, I think. Yeah, it was back like some weird in the before times event screening. Um, and I don't know if either of us really knew what we were in for. Um, and we both walked out of that theater loving it. So. Absolutely, I've got to check that out. Um, great. What what else? You've been you've been watching so much more stuff than I have. <laughs> um, have I really been watching that much more stuff? I what else? Well, House of Venture Brothers coming along. Okay, I did not get back to the Venture Brothers because I did start watching Cowboy Bebop, and I am going to finish Cowboy Bebop within the next few days. Is this a, is this a first watch? Yeah, I've made like a couple of attempts to watch it, and this is like the first time that I am really getting there. Um, what are what are your thoughts? Okay, I like it. I think coming off of Neon Genesis Evangelion as my like real intro to anime, besides like watching Death Note in high school, um, I think coming off of um, Ava, I want um, I want the like subtext in Cowboy Bebop, like the existentialism and the nihilism to be more overt. Um, but obviously I really appreciate the the mix of genres um, and the character development. And I feel like the Ed character really contextualized a lot of like mid 2000s, like random as a personality trait um, <laughs> stuff for me. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 one half Ed and then one half Gur from Invader Zoom. Oh my god, I forgot that about just, that. That just about sums up that entire personality for people. Yes, um, and you know what the better version of Invader Zim was? What? Courage the Cowardly Dog. Ooh, that's a spicy take. <laughs> but I think I I agree. I was more of a Courage kid for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Ramses. The man and gauze, the man and gauze. Oh my Ugh, god. Good. Ugh, yes. Good Honestly, that that that's a real door into David Lynch, I think. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Fuck, we could have a whole episode about that. You know, next week um, maybe. I will also say yeah. the last thing is I did watch The Five Bloods and there is some amazing filmmaking going on in there. And I have to watch it again to have a coherent thought about it. Because it is very much not a movie for me as a white woman who... I've seen Vietnam movies, but I've definitely seen the whitewashed version of Vietnam. Um, And this movie is very much about, like, exposing that kind of mythology around Vietnam. And it is also about Black masculinity. And Black masculinity is an American identity and its relationship to imperialism. Um, it's, It's really, really good. And I highly recommend it, both as, like, a social like thought starter and filmmaking because there are three different aspect ratios in this movie because Spike Lee is a capital F filmmaker. <laughs> Word. Um, yeah, I, I just had one one note to add on the, the Cowboy Bebop thing, especially coming off of Ava, which is that I don't know if you've seen um, this... And, so, and sorry to follow up your your insights and and your thoughts with uh, a description of a meme, but have you have you 
Have you seen the meme format that is the the point going over the dude's head? Like the very poorly drawn... Uh, uh, yeah, you know? I'm sure, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, and one of my favorite variants of that has to do with Mobile Suit Gundam, the giant robot anime, which in pretty much almost all of its forms, save for the one that's like, what if, what if instead robot fights were the Olympics? Um, and even that one, maybe to an extent, uh, is about the horrors of war and like the, like terror and, uh, PTSD that come with, you know, taking these adept young pilots and putting them in these suits that for some reason still have to look like people and are instruments of war and get torn up and so forth. Um, and the point that's all the point and is sailing over the person's head who's just like, wow, cool robot. And I feel like <laughs> for me, having watched Cowboy Bebop first as a literal little kid um, I, and, and not having watched it since really, couldn't tell you like the actual depth. I, I know it's not on the on par with Ava in terms of like how forward it is, you know, like in the text, but I was definitely like, wow, cool spaceships <laughs> and missing a lot of what's going on with Spike and Vicious and uh, Faye and, and like everybody. Yeah, it's more Cowboy Bebop is definitely more um, subtle in the way that it analyzes human relationships. Like it's not doing the Ava thing where like you're getting Shinji's whole inner monologue as he deconstructs his own relationships and you're really supposed to be more like reading into the interactions. Um, to be fair, like that, I think the audience for Cowboy Bebop was envisioned to be different. Um, but I just, I love depression content. You know, I'm going to rewatch The Leftovers very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Uh, my my big thing this, this week, uh, in, in recent days uh, over in video games land, it's been this weird sort of, online drawn out version of the usual yearly trade show and so i've been uh working uh a little bit longer uh as a result of that and have had less time to just sort of sink into a tv show um also did a review of a game so again that takes up some of that like content time off hours yeah but uh, I have been watching through the show Gravity Falls, which I don't believe I have discussed in detail on this podcast before. Uh, I've mentioned it many times, but I'm rewatching it with my partner. Um, and apart from uh, a couple points where you're just like, hmm, this joke might have flown in 2013. Seems in poor taste now. Uh, That's it still a lot holds of up. the Venture Brothers. It's a lot of the Venture Brothers for sure. Um, but it still holds up pretty well. And, um, in terms of like, you know, uh, I, I never went all in for like adventure time or, and I, and I fell off of Steven universe, which is a big one for people. A lot of folks I know are either revisiting or checking out for the first time avatar. Oh um, yes. I am going to watch avatar because I did watch it. Um, the summer after our freshman year in college, I watched like a lot of it very quickly. And then I got to the mid season three finale and was like, I need to take a break. And then it went off of Netflix. Uh, but I, so that was that, but that was I, when we were doing the show. No, no, no. After our freshman year of college. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Many years ago. Uh, but I have to watch it. I'm contractually obligated to because of the ending of um, The Legend of Korra. <laughs> it's it's a necessity for you. I yeah. got it, got it, got it. Um, that's all to say, like, Gravity Falls, I guess, is, like, 
Um, I think that's the only one I've followed through to its completion because it also got out quick. It was only two seasons, 40 episodes. Right. Um, and told a sort of self-contained arc in that way. I guess they might have done a follow-up, a graphic novel, a um, dossier, if you will, afterwards. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm enjoying watching it with someone who hasn't seen it before because I know what the highs are and I know the ways in which the show actually like outdoes itself or, or, or right. can, can surprise you. But I can now, again experience it vicariously through somebody yes. else which is always a joy oh my god um like one of the things I, I like about that show and we just got to this point in it is that um the first season sets up this like one of the lead characters is this 12 year old boy and then he's pining after this like 16 year old girl voiced by linda cardellini who is an absolute treasure uh and must be protected at all costs <laughs> unless she's done something problematic i hope not not yet um, um she'll be milkshake by the time this <laughs> by the released. time I finish editing it, God. <laughs> anyway, um, and it's like, it's this tired dynamic of like, oh, you know, he wants to say how he feels, but he can't. And it's this, but it's like, boys will have crushes. I don't know. It it was kind of like tired in the first season. And yeah. then like two episodes yeah. in the second season, they just kind of knock it out. They like clear the air of that whole situation. Like the feelings are expressed. It is resolved in a way they can go on and be friends while acknowledging that like, you know, that, that trope is, is done. Um, other shows, Avatar, Steven Universe, again, they address headier themes and, and do that stuff like probably at a brisker pace. But this is the one that I like stuck through all the way through its short run time. And I'm like, oh man, if only, Hey Arnold had had the guts to do something like this as a oh kid, like to actually just you know say straight on, forget the style. Let's take these tropes and like take them apart. Um, yeah. Cartoons, cartoons are better these days. I feel like I feel I feel like that's not a controversial statement. I don't think it is either. Um, and it is weird that we have gotten into this cartoon uh, rabbit hole because. This Twitter account I follow called Sailor Moon Live Tweets, which just like posts weird screen caps from Sailor Moon, um, is doing this thing where if you donate to um, a Black Lives Matter charity, uh, you can basically like sponsor a live watch and then they'll like watch whatever you want them to and like do recaps or, you know, screen caps and live tweets. Um, And someone sponsored a viewing of gargoyles which is the show that i was obsessed with as a child wow and um i have really not thought about it since i was very young um and it's i'm realizing a lot of things (laughs) i do feel like i mean quality of these cartoons aside uh and i don't think we've mentioned any total stinkers here uh yet uh but (laughs) I do feel like there's a the pretty clear line to draw where it's like, oh, yeah, we're millennials. Uh, we are stuck in a state of arrested development or can't feel like we're truly adults because we've uh, been brought up in a era of time where we're basically, we're basically shown every day, multiple times a day, how little control we have over things, uh, how much the adults, quote unquote, in charge don't actually know shit, let alone you know, do we, um, so why not watch some fucking cartoons? I mean, that seems pretty, you know, what else are we going to do? Play video games? I have to do that for work, so. Yeah, does that take the fun out of it for you? 
Depends on the game. You know, depends on the game. Yeah. I'm playing a game right now where the cars go real fast. So that feels nice. That that does sound up your alley. Uh, I think that probably covers all the obligated uh, points that we have to hit in one of these weird episodes. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. I We don't have anything to promote. We do this every single nope. week. Except we don't. <laughs> I mean, we always on these shows tell tell the listeners that we don't have shit. For yeah, you to and do. then but we, you can yeah. find us on Twitter. It's not hard, um, and follow us for tweets. Follow us to see what we do when we're not occasionally checking in and doing these. Um, follow um, actually follow the at Twin Peaks Peaks Twitter account if you're not because uh, at the very least you don't have to be subscribed to the podcast feed and we'll tell you when these go up. So. There you go. Oh, Matt, this um, one is so long. It's, yeah, it's long, and I'm going to edit it down a little bit, but, you know, we were gone for a couple weeks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Um, and I do, I still want you, to, want you to watch Dream Girls, and next week I want to talk about... Dream Girls or Showgirls? Because we didn't address this earlier, and I need to watch Showgirls. <laughs> you we need said to watch Showgirls, and... yeah. Um, that could be a... My promise be... to you, the listeners... What if we recorded a commentary? <laughs> I guess I wouldn't be opposed to that. Oh, don't no no no! Now we have to do it because you said <laughs> there was a possibility. Okay. So. Um. Well, with that in mind, I also want to talk about race and David Lynch next week. I'm just putting that into the atmosphere because this is very long right now. Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh. You're the one who gets to put a capper on this. I know, I know. Matthew Olson. Uh, I'm Ashley Brandt. You can find me on Twitter. Um, I want to try a different sign-off, and you let me know how this goes. <laughs> this is this is this is uh, this is unusual, but okay. Um, very iconic phrase from the past few weeks: "Suck my dick and choke on it. I yield my time. Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>